You're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bible Nerd Podcast. In this one, I want to piggyback on our creation series a little bit with some further comments about creation that I just found interesting. And we're just going to talk through this comment and uh, that I found on, on Facebook the other day and, and just unpack it a little bit. I found it really interesting. It was written by Paul Garner. Paul Garner is the author of a book that I recommended throughout the series called The New Creationism. And he is a scientist. I have interviewed him before on another podcast. I have also interviewed his colleague, Dr. Stephen Lloyd, on a older episode of this podcast, which was back just after episode 100, I think, somewhere around episode 100 to 105, somewhere in there. And so you're welcome to go back and check that out with Dr. Stephen Lloyd. And again, these are both gentlemen from the Biblical Creation Trust in the UK. And fantastic folks. And I've enjoyed every interaction that I have had with them. And uh, I just loved Brother Garner because to be honest with you, he's just one of my favorite creationists. He's level-headed. He's very well put. His way of handling the data and approaching the data is great and generous and just has such a Christ-like attitude. And he's British. How could you not love that? So I, I wanted to read this quote. He's Now he's reflecting in this quote, on William Lane Craig's book, The Quest for Inquest of the Historical Adam, is the title of this book. It's a new book that has recently come out. I actually just bought it the other day to check it out for myself uh, because it was on sale for four or five dollars. I didn't want to pay the whatever seventeen or twenty-seven it was when it first came out. I bought it when I could get it on a deal. Uh, I've already I know going into the book what the book argues because I followed Craig's Defender series and everything, and so I sort of already know that I'm going to disagree with the book, but I found these comments by Brother Garner really interesting on Facebook, and I thought I would just kind of read them for you and maybe unpack a little bit, share a little bit of my thoughts, and go from there. So it's a pretty lengthy comment that Dr. Garner writes, and so I may stop through different places of it here, or I might read the whole thing through. I'm not sure yet. Here we go. So he says this, quote, I have been pondering William Lane Craig's statement in his latest book, In Quest of the Historical Adam, that it is difficult to face with open eyes. The terrifying possibility that the young earth creationist hermeneutical claim may, in fact, be right. From page 16. It seems that what Craig terrifies is that if it is right, we would have to throw out a whole lot of modern science. And it's probably fair to say that's a fear shared by lots of other Christians who reject young age creationism. But is this concern well-founded? Now, we'll stop there real quick. So I love this sort of setup here because it is true that this is the claim on which most old age creationists are staking their, their ground, okay? This is where they're planting their flag. They're planting their flag on the idea that if young age creationism is true, then modern science is basically destroyed. At the very least, it's unreliable, more likely it is just, there's just really no way to, to gain accurate information about the world. Many people have this fear, okay? And so it's fair. Um, we do hear a lot of opposition from the scientific community to ideas like ours. And, and so I guess uh, for a Christian who wants to be somewhat accepted in society, 
somebody who is trusted. Um, I can see it. I can see where they want to latch onto this sort of thing. Now, I'm not projecting onto others here in the sense that, that I think that's what everyone's motives are. Of course not. I'm just saying that it makes sense why people would have this fear. Okay. And so Brother Garner asks, is the concern actually well-founded? And he continues, quote, I don't think so. I acknowledge that at one level, young age creationism necessitates a pretty radical reworking of modern science. But at other levels, it's actually not so radical. Take plate tectonics, for example. And he, he, he comments, not the theme of, of Craig's book, I realize, but an example from my own discipline. Creation geologists mostly accept plate tectonics as a good model of how the Earth works. So far, not so radical. But then we modify plate tectonics theory with the idea of thermal runway in the Earth's mantle. A bit more radical, but based on pretty robust observations of how silicate materials deform under certain stress conditions simulated in the petrology lab. And then our thermal runway model predicts orders of magnitude faster plate motions in the past than in the conventional model. Now it's getting pretty wild. However, we then discover that this catastrophic version of plate tectonics not only explains all the same stuff that conventional plate tectonics explains, but it also makes some unique predictions that seem to be observationally supported, such as regarding the depth and temperature of subducted slabs, the presence of low-temperature, high-pressure mineral assemblages in mountain belts, the small-scale patchiness of the magnetism within the magnetic stripes on the ocean floor, etc. And at this point in our strange model, with its curious combination of non-radical and radical elements, actually starts to look quite exciting because of its predictive and explanatory purchase. All right, let me break in here. So I love this example. I do hate that it's not an example that more directly applies to Dr. Craig's book because there are those examples. For example, in some of the work that Dr. Rob Carter and Dr. Nathaniel Jensen have been doing. Um, but, but I do like the approach here. The approach is to say, well, actually, you know, we, we pretty much agree with what you've got going on in this conventional model, but if we modified it a little bit to, if we modified the model a little bit to, to, to conform to our reasonable understanding of earth history based on the biblical account, then we can explain even more things than what the conventional theory explains. And so it is a departure from the model because of the time requirements, but you're still based on the same foundation. And without getting overly technical here, it's this is a pretty simple point to understand. And I think it's a, a good point when you're talking with people who maybe disagree with you on the issue of young age creationism. This is a good case study. Like, let's consider this. Do you believe in plate tectonics? And maybe you just do some Socratic questioning or something. You know, once you understand this model, go through the process. And you can see how it really wouldn't be so crazy to think about. Is it radical? Maybe in the context of the original version of the theory. But is it possible? Is it plausible? If so, then why not run with it? I just don't see a problem there. All right, he continues. So is our new model problem-free? Of course not, though it would be unwarranted to throw out a model that explains so much because it has some problems. 
we usually work on such problems to see whether they can be resolved within the model. By the way, this is me again here. By the way, this is not a young age creationist thing. Okay, this is not a Ken Ham thing. <laughs> All right, this is a science thing. In science, models have problems. They do. And scientists will usually take those models, which explain the most data, and work to resolve the issues within the model over time. Okay, that is how science works. So why can't a young age creationist do it, right? I mean, why can't we do science that way? We have a different understanding of Earth history. Yes, but we're still doing science. We're still proposing hypotheses, right? We're still doing, we're still creating models, adjusting those models based on new data that comes in, et cetera. Everybody has problems in their scientific models, okay? There's holes everywhere. It's just a matter of patching those holes and finding things that work. He closes, in short, I don't think WLC, which is William Lane Craig, should be so fearful of our hermeneutical claim being right. Instead, and I love this, he should be intrigued and excited at the scientific vistas and possibilities that the young age creationist interpretation of the Bible might open up for him. And this is a uh, close quote. That's the end of the quote. Um, you know, let me just comment to that. This is really something that I've often thought of because I followed Dr. Craig's work for quite some time. And I think he's a fabulous Christian man. I love his work. I think his work on the resurrection and just his, his contribution to philosophy and apologetics is just amazing. I really do. And what's interesting is he often comes down on the conservative side, the strongly conservative side on a lot of issues on which people disagree with him. Even people who are huge Dr. Craig fans disagree on some of the some of the examples I'm thinking of are, are, are things about Genesis 1, things about the nature of hell, things about, there's tons of things, okay, like this. Things about um, divine command theory, which is the idea that God's moral commands and duties flow out from his nature. These are all things that Dr. Craig has views on that a lot of people disagree with, and he, he falls on the more conservative side. And just from that angle of being a, a onlooker of the work that Dr. Craig does, I've often hoped that, that, that he would come around on this issue, uh, so to speak. And I'm, I'm, I don't think he will, given his comments, but I've often hoped that he would, in a sense, see the light on this. And, and just, man, a mind like his, I know I'm just blue sky and this is more conversational than in depth. And I'm sorry for that. But I, I just, I wanted to reflect on this together with you because it's like, what if we had a mind like that working on, on some of the stuff within young age creationism and just thinking about the biblical and the philosophical, but just implications of this. And, and Dr. Craig is a person who understands science. What, what contributions could he even make there? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just blue sky, and I think it would be interesting. And I thought this quote from Brother Paul Garner was something that needed to be talked about a little bit. I agree with him, of course. I think if Dr. Craig would lean into this and, and be intrigued and excited at the possibilities, 
that could happen within a young age creationist framework of, of understanding scripture and understanding earth history. There's no telling uh, what could be done for, for the gospel. Now, God, of course, Jesus can use who he wants. God can use who he wants. The gospel in, in, in and the teaching of young age creationism will go forth and go forward with or without Dr. William Lane Craig's belief in this model and acceptance of it. Uh, but boy, it'd be sure cool if he did. Just some spitballing and, and just talking out loud with you here today. God bless my friends. This is going to be it for this episode. Um, not sure what we're going to talk about next episode. May continue on the creation theme. I had a really good question that came in about the strongest case that could possibly be made for young age creationism or for, excuse me, for old age creationism. And um, yeah, I may tackle that on, on the next one or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. All right. God bless. You guys take care. Can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.